0: Another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And, and this is Austin. And Austin, this is episode 100 of Canton Bound. Obviously, we've you know had a couple episodes where we did the summer school and everything like that. But this is officially episode 100 of Canton Bound for you and I. You have done...
1: 100 episodes of nfl talk how do you feel 98 too many if we're uh if we're being honest here um somebody please come take this chair and this microphone away from me so i don't have to do this anymore <laughs> um yeah it's so it's um i guess it's weird when any of our shows hits uh, uh, a, a new milestone right yeah yeah, I'm curious to know how many shows
0: we've actually done together because it's been, yeah, like I don't know, these 130 something of campus life, but we have the summer school episodes that we do.
1: It's well over 200, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, I know we've had, you know, we're away on vacations and yeah stuff, but I would still assume throughout the course of the year, it's over 200 or throughout the course of the, since like November 2021. Is that or 2020? Is that the first year we started 2021 2021 oh yeah it was 2021 so yeah um somewhere no. around there yeah
0: no it was 2020 it was 2020
1: yeah you were right wow you starting off the show it. with uh i was right who's agreeing with who now colin huh, huh?
0: <laughs> fair point fair point uh well we are going to talk about your favorite what are, thing i was tonight. gonna say what are we gonna do to celebrate To celebrate, we're going to talk about your favorite thing. Talk about NFL
1: rookies. (laughs) (laughs) no. Okay. (laughs) What would you like to do to celebrate? If you'd gotten me a show sheet ahead of time, I could have mentally prepped for it. But you got this to Uh me two minutes before the show kicked off. So. um, Well, that's just factually inaccurate. It was more like 15. No time to really sit in my feelings all day before we came on and. uh, You know, recover and be good to go. Hmm. Here, here. You know what, Colin? So, for the people who, here, here's why this show is becoming increasing. Oh, don't um, even try to increasingly annoying. Don't even try to put this on me. We're recording this at ten o'clock. I would much rather be in bed at ten o'clock. I'm tired. And you give me the show sheet like two minutes before the show every single time. And then people DM me and you're like, "Hey, Austin, you sound unprepared." And what am I supposed to say?
0: I get I mean, at least 12
1: of those messages every Friday morning. Well, maybe
0: you should actually be prepared and be professional and be ready to talk about anything. <sighs> be ready uh, for anything. Ready for that's anything. Co- that's
1: Colin's excuse. That's Colin's uh, yeah. comeback.
0: Okay. Be ready okay. for anything. There are a number of reasons why we're doing it at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, we don't need to get into all of those. And I also want to point out that there are many times where I receive the shoshi for campus life you know, under an hour before the show starts, but not two minutes before It was, it was 15. Hmm. It was okay. 15 at least. Okay. We'll check the timestamps. All yeah, right. We, we need to, we'll get into, we'll get into the actual show here. Mm-hmm. We only have one news item that we'll start with really. I mean, there's the Aaron Rodgers trade, but we talked about that before too. Uh, we talked about that on the dr- live draft coverage that we did. Last week on Thursday during round one, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's over on the YouTube channel. Definitely go check that out. Talk about a lot of great things. We have myself, uh, Matt Fox, our NFL team lead, Barnabas, our NFL, our NFL draft lead. Uh, we have Mike and Corey from the Devi team. Matt Bruning stops in. Felix pops in for like thirty seconds. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a good show. And then I also cut it up and put it on last week's episode for Canton bound to talk about all the fantasy relevant players
1: people need to see what you were wearing too i don't understand what was going on at all with what you were wearing what do you mean the jacket with the t-shirt yeah
0: it's professionalism man i was hosting and you've already said i'm not allowed to wear my robe on live streams so we went with the blazer
1: i just how cold do you run That you always need to be wearing some sort of like (laughs) secondary layer over top. You just got a sweatshirt on tonight. I was actually surprised you didn't have the robe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I I know it
1: wasn't unseasonably warm there today because I don't live that far from you. And it was not unseasonably warm here.
0: It was probably like mid 50s.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't nice here today. It's been crappy all week. Uh, It's been crappy all week. Today was nice. So I got up into like the mid 50s. It was sunny. Went for a nice little walk with the pup. I, uh, I'm wearing what my, what we affectionately refer to as my blueberry outfit today. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all home field apparel stuff. It's, uh, a blue Arizona sweatshirt and then like the same color, uh, sweatpants from them. The sweatpants yeah. are just to die for. They're so, they're so soft and comfy. Uh, I would highly recommend. We're not even sponsored by Home. I was just we gonna say, tried. sponsored by Homefield. App- can't bounce. Sponsored by Homefield Apparel. We've really tried. If you like <laughs> Homefield, you should definitely send them an email and tell them that they should uh, they should work with us. But uh, yeah, their stuff that their stuff is just so comfy. It is. I love Homefield Apparel. It's good stuff. My dream, my dream one day is to sell our stuff over off of Homefield Apparel. So let's make that let's make that a reality. Let's get a petition going, a whole, a whole thing. Maybe we can get that on whoever's running for president. You know campaign thing it's
0: like yeah I mean if we we'll just make a pack and uh we'll we'll fund one of the candidates part <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> way you know money talks let's do it it does yeah uh all right well we'll we'll get into the actual show here the only news item we have that we'll actually talk about on this one is Lamar finally signing his deal um, I think this was to be expected but he officially signed it today he uh Received the offer and was reportedly going to sign it last week. It's a five year deal. He gets more guaranteed money than Jalen Hurts. He's now the highest paid player on a per year basis in the league. Got everything essentially that he wanted, not all the guarantees, but he is staying in Baltimore. I was more or less operating under the assumption that he was going to be in Baltimore anyway. Is that kind of how you were operating? No,
1: we talked about this. I mean, I don't know how long ago it was because I, I didn't come back from my work sabbatical that long ago, but I feel like it was after I, I don't know the timeline is murky. I said no, I didn't think that he would get this kind of a deal from them. And I'm actually shocked that they gave it to him. And yes, I get that quarterbacks don't grow on trees, but they had him by the balls. I don't know why you wouldn't just make okay. You don't want to play on this contract. You can sit or you know play for the you know whatever money. I, I I think they gave him too much. He has uh, no trade. They can't um, tag him after the deal's over. I saw that today. I just I don't. I actually think this deal is going to look really bad, and I not necessarily because the it's going to take up too much of the cap and and whatever else because we know the cap goes up every year anyway um i just don't know that he's worth this kind of quite this kind of money so i uh i i uh again as a steelers fan i think the ravens were botching this all the way and i thought it was hilarious um i actually really like this contract as a steelers fan so that should tell you i loved their first round draft pick as a steelers fan just The Ravens are really just tickling my fancy here lately as a Steelers (laughs) fan. very nice of them to do this for me. So now that
0: we know he is staying in Baltimore, uh, how does this impact his dynasty ranking for you? Does he climb back up a little bit? Did he fall at all? Is it just status quo?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think it impacts his fantasy value at all um he's starting to get closer to 30 so i don't know how long he's going to want to run and run and run and run run. um i I did there's there's too many new pieces there for me to say definitively that i think he'll be better he'll be worse new offensive coordinator new uh basically all new receivers so um I, I mean, I think they're at least putting in, surrounding him with guys now, so that if he doesn't get any better over the next three or four years, then they just they have the excuse to to get not, not have to deal with him again. Like yeah, he, it's his it's definitely put up or shut up time. Yeah, yeah, I would
0: agree with that. I think it is. I, I think this is, really just in the holding pattern here for me for him. I was like I said, I was kind of operating under the assumption that he was going to be back with Baltimore, so I hadn't moved him. At all, really, in my rankings, uh, he's the QB uh six for me right now. He's right there with like Justin Herbert, um, and and just ahead of Trevor
1: Lawrence for me. So, yeah, I think I have him above Lawrence, but I wouldn't balk at somebody liking Lawrence a little bit more in the long term. I'm pulling up because I don't. As we all know by now, as my motto on the show, I don't rank NFL anymore, but I do have my C two hundred rankings. Uh okay. Um, so I'm going in there real quick just to see. I have Lamar Jackson eleventh overall. Um, Feels right. Maybe me. maybe he's like a spot. I, I have him with uh, basically like it's the first bunch of quarterbacks, like five or five of them or whatever, and then the top, the top three wide receivers and top two running backs, and then it's him. Okay. So he's kind of like the top of the next tier of of quarterbacks there just because he has had some health issues and I'm not I'm not necessarily projecting him to have more but he, he has had some uh we still don't know what everything's going to look like there so I uh I have him like AJ Brown Jonathan Taylor B. John Robinson are all kind of in a tier with him Jalen Waddle those are all still really and I do have him a couple spots above Trevor Lawrence still
0: okay yeah it sounds like it's pretty much where I have him too mm-hmm Uh, So not much of a change for Lamar. I still think he's a very, uh, a very valuable fantasy asset. You know, uh, I I, I think any sort of a buy window has, has closed on him if there was one, but that is all that we have news wise for today. It's all rookies for the rest of the show. Just what Austin ordered. We'll just start off here with a, a general recap of the draft. So, Obviously, I'm sure everybody listening here is aware, but Bryce Young, 101 to Carolina. C.J. Stroud, 102, second overall pick to Houston. Anthony Richardson to Indy, uh, the fourth overall pick. uh, And then those were the only three in the first round. Will Levis, we've been pounding the table all offseason that Will Levis was not a first-round quarterback, and lo and behold, he goes with the second pick in the second round, 33rd overall to Tennessee. Uh, the only other quarterbacks really, I think worth even mentioning Hendon hooker in the third round, 68th overall to Detroit. And then Jake Hayner did go for in the fourth round, 127th overall to new Orleans. Um, I'm not sure how interested I am in Hayner hooker, maybe, maybe super late in a rookie draft, but those top four Austin, what is, uh? how does it, how do they shake out for you now? Now that we know draft capital, landing spot, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I think we talked about this again. I, the timeline's murky. We did uh, some sort of a mock draft not that long ago, and we had said Will Levis, like the 110, 111 made sense just because of the perceived upside if he were to go top 10, like many were predicting the NFL draft. Uh, he didn't. And so I wouldn't take him before the 203, 204 now at minimum if I'm in a rookie draft. I just don't. I think the NFL affirmed what we all said and thought for weeks and months that he's not a great prospect, that he's old, that he has a ton of issues that I think are more difficult than uh, some of the more difficult ones to fix. I just, I, and I have a hard time believing that if Tennessee bottoms out, which is certainly a possibility looking at where this roster is headed at the moment. I don't think they're like a bottom three roster in the NFL or anything, but you're relying on a quarterback room of Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Will Levis. You've got a 29 year old Derek Henry in the backfield. You've got your second best receiver is what Westbrook. Ikene or Ken, Ikenne or whatever his name is. Um, or Chica Conquo, like the H back tight end guy. Like it's just, it's a really bad roster. They've done a really poor job. I think of uh, drafting premium positions over the past few years and, and kind of spent first rounders on, on places maybe they shouldn't have. So um, I think there's a chance that they just bought them out and then they go get like an actual real quarterback prospect. Uh, I don't know that that will Levis has ever really put in a position maybe for like the second half of a season to kind of tank them down the road. Um, And quite honestly, if Levis were to succeed, Um, Like, this is not the situation for him to do so. Right. You know, with the stuff that's around him. Like, I think he really needs a lot of help and he does not really have a ton of it right now. So, I don't think this is a great situation for him either, even if you do like him. So, I wouldn't take him till real late. I think you can debate any of the other three quarterbacks in some sort of order in the early, mid first round. I and mean, then, yeah, a Hooker and Hainer, I don't really care about. I mean, this is the C2C podcast, so you know, you, all these guys are already rostered. Um, I think if I had Hooker and I have somebody who's really uh, set intrigued. on him being kind of the heir apparent to Goff there, then I would be happy to sell him off because I don't – again, don't know that that's actually their plan. There's been rumors that they want to re-sign Goff this week too.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if they re-signed Goff. I mean, honestly –
1: Goff's, what, like three years older than Hendon Hooker? Yeah, he's not that old. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know you're being a smartass, but yeah, he's not that old. I, mean, I don't he's know. 30, he's 30, 31. That would be the <laughs> oldest he is. He's not He's not old.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think Hendon Hooker, largely irrelevant. Uh, Will Levis, I know you said you would like start to consider him around like the 203, 204, but I'm not touching levis honestly i mean if he falls to the end of the second round like 212 301 i'll consider it there but there's other players that i like i think you nailed it when you said that if will levis was going to succeed he needed to be in a situation that had a lot of help and that's just not tennessee i also don't think they really are going to develop a quarterback well there i don't necessarily know that they have the offensive staff to be able to do that so yeah i'm pretty much completely out on levis and then my rankings, I so I still have Bijan one, and we'll get to the running backs later, but then I have Young, Stroud, Richardson, two, three, four. Um, I think you can take them in, in really any order. To be honest, I have Young, Stroud, and Richardson because that's the order I had them in entering the draft. I don't see any reason to change them at this point. That's also the re- order that they got drafted in at the NFL level. Um, I think Bryce Young is the best overall quarterback out of that group. So, you know he might not end up being the best for fantasy because Richardson obviously has the legs. CJ Stroud uh, has we've seen him put up prolific passing numbers before so I think it is potential for him to be able to do that at the NFL level not that Bryce Young hasn't put up a prolific numbers. Uh, he had a, a phenomenal Heisman winning season as a sophomore um but I I just think Bryce Young's the better talent so I have him at two as my QB1. But if anybody puts Richardson in it as their QB one, uh, I, it's hard to fault with that, honestly, because the ceiling is immense. Uh, I don't have it personally, but I wouldn't begrudge anybody who does.
1: Yeah, it's very um, the one thing that I have noticed so far this draft season that I think is odd is the people who pound the table all year for just drafting as many quarterbacks as you can. And, you know, the upside with the position and, and capitalizing on it. And then I see a lot of those same people saying that you should probably take it, Jameer Gibbs over some of those quarterbacks, and it's just very odd to me because um, it doesn't seem like the upside is quite the same there, but different discussion for a different day. Fair enough.
0: Moving into the wide receivers, they fell a little bit further than I think most people were expecting, at least in the first round. Uh, fall all the way to the 120, uh, or the the 20th overall pick. Uh, In the first round, the 1.20 JSN to Seattle. And then we just saw a run. Quentin Johnston, 21st to uh, the Chargers. Jordan Addison, 22nd to Minnesota. Zay Flowers, 23rd to Baltimore. It seemed like more or less the first three, JSN, Johnston, Addison, were expected to go in the first round. I know Zay Flowers had a lot of buzz for the first round leading up to the draft. Jalen Hyatt had some buzz for a moment. He ends up falling all the way to this third round, 73rd overall pick to the Giants. Uh, and then I think one of the bigger surprises for me was Jonathan Mingo as the fifth wide receiver off the board, 39th overall to Carolina in the second round. Jaden Reed, which may be uh, one of, he was one of your guys last year in the Debbie guide gets drafted. Some the, of
1: us. Didn't surprise yeah. some of us. That's all I to say.
0: Sixth wide receiver drafted 50th to green Bay. The, the place where a lot of people were looking for a wide receiver to go. Um, so he ends up in a solid landing spot. Rasheed rice 55th overall second round Kansas city. Everybody loves the Kansas city wide receivers. Then we get Marvin Mims tank Dell uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I mentioned before Cedric Tillman, Josh downs, Michael Wilson, Trey Tucker, were the wide receivers who round out the day two guys, Keishawn Boutte, who Butte, who was once my wide receiver one in the class, I believe he was yours at one point too. He was a lot of people's wide receiver one at one point. Falls all the way to the sixth round, 187th overall, goes to New England. Uh, and then another, the other thing of note was Rakim Jarrett going undrafted. He was a A former five star guy, depending on the service you were looking at. Uh, He had a a good freshman year at Maryland and just never really put it all together. Goes undrafted and drafted by or uh, signs with Tampa Bay. So, Austin, out of those first, out of those first round wide receivers, this first four, um, is has did anybody move for you at all?
1: Uh, move, uh, Jaden Reed might've bumped up a spot or two, just cause I thought he would go, I'm trying to think what the 2.50 is. That's about halfway through. I, I thought he'd go about a half around to a full round later than that. Okay. Um, so, but nobody, I mean, what am I supposed to do with Mingo? Like, yeah, I get he was injured, <laughs> but there were a couple years where he just was crap anyway. I Mims, Mims and Downs both fell further than I thought. Well, Downs especially fell further than I thought he would, but I would take him before the four or five guys that went in front of him and I wouldn't lose any sleep over it Um, because I don't think some of the guys that went in front of him are very good. Um, Rasheed Rice to Kansas City is a blessing for those of us who don't like Rasheed Rice because some idiot in your league will reach on him. (laughs) Uh, Zay Flowers to Baltimore is probably a blessing for people that weren't necessarily big Zay Flowers fans. Because again, I don't know that that's all a great match. And I'm not saying fade him based on landing spotter. I'm just saying like I already wasn't high on him, so I'm fine with somebody else taking that bullet for me. Um, But I don't really have any other comments on these wide receivers. I mean, I think it. Mm, mostly went as expected at least the tiers within the tiers maybe there was a little bit of of uh up and down with some of these guys but overall i think it's kind of what we expected trey tucker also like what the fuck are you doing raiders like <laughs> two rounds too early three rounds too early i mean just, just god awful
0: yeah yeah at least two or three rounds too early i so he wasn't even like the most hyped wide receiver on his own team. I mean, Tyler Scott was the guy that a lot of people were talking about, you know, potentially a day two guy given his speed. I mean, he's incredibly fast. Our athletic comparison tool over at campus.com. Two of his comparisons were uh, Tyree kill and Rondale Moore. He ends up going in the fourth round, 133rd overall to Chicago. And, Trey Tucker ends up going a full round before him. And I don't think anybody saw that one coming.
1: Uh, but yeah, he- I uh, I mean, I got Scott in a draft today. I felt really good about it. Uh, like a C2C, you know, highly depleted draft. And the only reason he was, it was a league that, that has no waivers through the year. So um, gotcha. there were a couple more names than you'd usually see uh, available on the, the draft. Um, yeah, Trey, I don't know. There were some there were some real bad picks in this draft overall. He is one of the biggest. I, the worst pick in the whole draft was Sean Clifford. Yeah. Like, what what the hell were the Packers thinking? This guy's not even an NFL quality player, and it's, they actually drafted him. He didn't yeah. even think he was going to get drafted. He's like working on another business venture. Yeah. Um, so just, <laughs> just absolutely one of the most baffling picks I've seen in – years quite frankly um i just can't imagine i know a fifth round pick doesn't sound like it's that much but that's just it's just flushing value down the toilet it's uh really confusing to me yeah yeah
0: i agree as a penn state fan i completely agree um i the last note on the wide receiver class here you know you, you talked about josh downs falling further than expected um you know i i kind of saw him as a a, a like a top 50 guy like I thought he would go like right around like the 50th pick uh, He ends up falling to the 79th overall pick, so that definitely surprised me, but I didn't drop him at all in my rankings No nope. um, He is my 11th overall player right now um, I He's my wide receiver 4 still I have him ahead of Zay Flowers I know Zay Flowers got drafted in the first round I know that You know, draft capital definitely means something, but I had a big enough gap between Downs and Flowers that just being drafted in the first round didn't close that. I also, you know, Zay Flowers going to Baltimore—I don't know what that's going to do for his fantasy production. I don't think Zay Flowers is a wide receiver one for an NFL team or for a or for your fantasy team. So I don't think that that was a very good pick by the. Ravens in the first round I don't I didn't understand that that was one of the more complex perplexing ones to me Josh Downs meanwhile I think he goes to Indy and we we had this conversation on Twitter between a number of us actually at uh at at Camps to Canton uh the C2C guys with myself and Mike and Corey and Matt we were all getting into it in public uh airing some of the dirty laundry there but we're talking about Downs I think this is actually a good landing spot for downs they don't have anybody else on that roster that fills that role and i think that yes anthony richardson definitely has some accuracy issues and when quarterbacks have some accuracy issues i get wanting to surround them with big targets who can you know have have a big wingspan and can make some of these acrobatic catches but i also think another way to do that is scheme some easier touches for these wide receivers so let josh downs work on some slants, on some screen passes, you know, or take the top off a defense because he can definitely do that and, you know, send him deep. I think they're going to be able to do some creative things with Josh Downs uh, where I think he'll be pretty valuable for your fantasy team. I think, you know, year two is where you're looking at him being like a wide receiver, two, three, borderline type of a guy. Whereas I don't know if I see Zay Flowers hitting that really at any point. So I still
1: have Josh Downs pretty high. Well, he's better than Alec Pierce, right? I think so, yeah. I, I think so, too. I It just really is going to depend. Um, I, I think Richardson will actually like him. I think so, too. Because for all the people that want to talk about catch radius and making a quarterback's job easier, Josh Downs is one of the best guys in the red zone in this entire class. Yeah, he's yeah. five nine, And, okay, yeah, obviously if he's got some, his Sauce Gardner on him, which would never happen because Josh Downs is playing in the slot, like if he has some some long lanky corner on him, then yeah, you're not throwing him a jump ball. But like Josh Downs is, is ball has very very good ball skills. I'm not really worried about him at all. I'm looking at my C200 rankings right now again because I don't uh, I don't necessarily do rookie rankings or NFL rankings anymore. And I have Downs and, and, and he's right next to QJ. Like I the range that I have these guys and I have him as my 74th overall player and my in my cornerstones and some of the guys I have around him, Aaron Rodgers, Dante Moore. Uh, Jordan Addison, Michael Pittman, Traylon Burks, uh, Terry McLaurin, Malachi Nelson, Ramondre Stevenson, Hollywood Brown, Antonio Williams. Like, I really think he belongs in that grouping. I think he'll be great with the Colts. Um, I actually don't, I don't really even have that many reservations about him. The only real worry I have with him is that he gets a little banged up sometimes, but that was really just last year. So I'm not I'm kind of just, you know, writing it off as one year. So I I I I'm fine with that landing spot. He 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 fell further than I thought he would. And I don't really understand why. Like Casey went and got Rishi Rice because they already had Sky Moore and their different players. But if, if they didn't have Sky Moore on that roster, I'd feel, I feel I would be willing to guess that they probably would have gone and taken a Josh Downs, who probably fills a similar similar role, but is a significantly better player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um so I know you, you're not – we've had conversations off air. I don't know if you've ever said this on air or whatever, but you're not like the biggest Michael Pittman guy out there. Do you think Downs is better than Pittman? And I mean, this is completely cold. I don't want to – I mean,
1: I have Pittman ahead of him, so uh, but not by that much in my ranking. So okay. I'm going to say no. Do I think Josh Downs might be just like overall pound for pound a better football player? Uh, yeah, I, I think I would probably – if you put me on the spot, say that. But I do think Pittman obviously has better size. Uh, he's already done it in the NFL to a certain extent. So that obviously is a box checked in his favor, whereas we're still making some assumptions about downs. Um, so I would take Pittman above him, but I don't I definitely don't think Pittman is a superstar-level player. Um, I do think I actually like his value this offseason is closer to what I think it should be than what it was last off season When people had him as like a borderline wide receiver one for dynasty purposes um, just based on value. I, I, that was a little rich for me, but if you have him as like a mid ish wide receiver two, you know, you're down like the, the 15 to 20 range. I, I th- I'm probably actually buying Pittman in that range. Um, okay. Cause I, I, I think that's about the the spot that he should be in. So, and I, but I think downs can, can get there too.
0: Okay. Uh, Last note on the wide receivers before we move into the running backs. What are you doing with Keyshawn Boutte? Because I obviously when he gets drafted in the sixth round, you have to drop him and he's definitely dropped for me, but I have him still as my 29th overall player. That upside to me. So that's like a 29th overall player. That's like a mid third round pick. That upside to me, if he can recapture that, what he was at LSU pre-injury, which I think at this point, most of us are assuming is an Achilles. We obviously don't know that, but given his dramatic loss of explosion, that seems to make the most sense. If he can get back from that, I think that there is opportunity in new England. They don't have, like a real wide receiver one Juju is their best wide receiver on the roster currently. And he's not a wide receiver one. I think he has shown at this point throughout his career, he's just a good complimentary wide receiver. So the landing spots. Okay. The talents there. I don't know. I'm not all the way out. Like I have my toe in a little bit still, but what are you doing with
1: Um, I wish I had just clipped the, I don't know, 90 seconds that Matt and I talked about Booty on Debbie Debate this week together um, because I think I said mm. my piece there pretty well. And I'm trying to remember exactly kind of how I phrased it. I apologize. On, I haven't listened that to that yet. Show. Um, well, if I had the show sheet in enough advance, I could have gone back and mm. done that. Um, That's fair. <laughs> it's coming back to bite you. Um, but I think that uh, I, I said something like, if he can't make it in New England, then he wasn't going to make it anywhere anyway. Because Belichick is going to hold him accountable for everything, whether it's like, like I, I said on that show, you know, we we don't we don't know anything about him. Like we and we don't have anybody at LSU on like a bunch of other schools where we can kind of um, talk to them or, or talk to someone that that does, you know, kind of play telephone, you know, one one link down the line um like i don't even know did he work hard in his his rehab last year like i honestly don't know like what did he maximize his rehab up to this point um because he hasn't really looked right yet and i think if he didn't new england is going to force him to take those things seriously or he's just not going to make it there so i think it's a great spot for him the sixth round is obviously not great but what we're talking about here, you know, we like we're not really giving people advice on dynasty stuff, like really, on the grand scheme of things. the can't bound show. This is not what that sh- this show is supposed to really be doing at the end of the day. We're kind of talking about valuations as if you already are holding all of these players, whether it's the Debbie league or a c two c league. You already have booty. You probably can't sell him for anything that's worth whatever he could be. you just d- you just have to hold him. If you didn't sell yeah. him last year, you just have to hold him. So um I, I I'm I'm fine with where he is now. Um I, I sold a couple of him off last season and I have him in a couple leagues and the leagues I have him. My fingers are crossed. But um I, I think the I, I never I never thought that he was a forty inch vert, four four, whatever else kind of guy. So I don't know that he has to get to, to to learn how to completely play the position anew. I think don't think he's that far from where he was. So I think being in New England with this team, I think, is a good spot for him. And if it's going to happen there, it's going to happen anywhere that it's going to happen there.
0: That's fair. I think that's very fair. Uh, all right, we'll move into the wide receivers or the running backs here. Uh, obviously, we had two first-round running backs. Bijan, everybody was expecting that. He goes eighth overall to Atlanta. Jameer Gibbs, surprise, drafted 12th overall to Detroit. Uh, I think those that was a little bit more of a surprising pick. And actually, Detroit has come out today, prepared, reportedly, and OC Ben Johnson has apparently said that he plans to use him in the slot as well, which I think is really interesting given that Amon Ross St. Brown is on the roster but we also had uh charbonnet go in the second round he was the only second round running back he'd taken 52nd overall to seattle very interesting landing spot there uh kendry miller 71st overall in the third round to new orleans tajay spears 81st overall to tennessee in the third round devin Achain, third round 84th overall to miami tank bigsby uh third round 88th overall to jacksonville And then just a couple other guys that were a little bit later to note. Roshan Johnson is getting some buzz. He was drafted by Chicago at 115th overall in the fourth round. Izzy Abanaconda was a guy we were talking about as a potential borderline day two guy. Ends up slipping to the fifth round, 143rd overall to the Jets. Chase Brown, fifth round, 163rd overall to Cincy. Eric Ray, fifth round, 172nd overall to the Giants. Zach Evans fell all the way to the sixth round, 215th overall to LA. That is a precipitous fall from where I I was expecting him to be. And then Dwayne McBride taken in the seventh round, 222nd overall to Minnesota. I think that's an intriguing landing spot there. Uh, We'll start at the top though, with Jameer Gibbs with the news about him potentially playing in the slot here. Does I mean, I know you were very high on him to begin with. Uh, A a lot of us were. Uh, I think he's pretty clearly the RB2, but how highly does he slot in for you given some of that expected receiver usage?
1: Um, I I don't know. that We just assumed that would be his deployment. I, I don't know that this was, like you said, news to us per se. I do think there are some things that will probably keep him from hitting his ceiling. You talk about like, I really don't necessarily like the rush yards over expected metrics, mm-hmm. but I do think there is some truth to it that when a guy just performs like abjectly just awful in a met in, in that sort of a metric, then I think it's probably noteworthy that like he's probably not a great between the tackles runner. So, especially if you compare him to guys like Aaron Jones in college, like Alvin Kamara in college, like DeAndre Swift in college, the guy who's he's replacing. So, I don't know that he ever really gets a ton of red zone work, which I think is moderately limiting when you're talking about the upper kind of quartiles tiles of, uh, of the running back rankings on, on a year-to-year basis. So I, I do think the, the receiving gives him a really safe, nice floor, and I think that's the thing that we need to talk about more with Gibbs. Like, yes, he does have a lot of upside, especially if he turns into a CMC-level player, which he could, he could not. But I just think, like, the floor is so nice with him because he's probably going to get – I don't know, uh, probably 40 to 60 receptions this year. I've seen some people projecting 70 plus for him as a rookie. I think that's a little, a little much, uh, just based on some of the other weapons they have there. But I do think he can blossom into a 70 to 80 reception a year guy and, and handle seven to 10 carries a game, too. Like that's just a really nice floor player. And again, I know CMC is the 1% uh, perfect, you know, the nuts outcome. <laughs> I don't know that he hits that, but I do think just, it's it's very noteworthy to say, and and we kind of said it about Swift too, and obviously didn't quite work out with him. But if he hadn't been injured, I mean, when he was on the field, we had a very nice floor with him week in week out. I think that's kind of what you can get from Gibbs too.
0: That's interesting. So when you're the, what you're describing there, you know, seventy-ish catches, seven to ten carries, um, and I have no stats to back this up pulled up here in front of me, so that could be way off base on this. But that's kind of what I remember James White being do you see him as like a James White-esque fantasy player obviously with a higher ceiling but like that being kind of like his floor like a consistent rb2 catches a ton of passes sprinkled in some some carries probably not a ton of touchdowns
1: yeah and i mean the touchdowns will fluctuate I could see him having a year where he has you know, 14 touchdowns or something stupid just because that's the way the cookie crumbles that year. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I think he's going to have a good career. I think he's going to have a long career. But I would have said the same as I think about DeAndre Swift. And I'm not comparing them because they both went to the Lions. I went, there was a two years ago, I put out a poll. Who's the better running back prospect? And I said, DeAndre Swift. Or Jameer Gibbs, and I still think Swift was a better prospect. Even though Gibbs has a little more juice to him, I think Swift was just more well-rounded. And if I, you had to ask me which one of those two, I would have thought would uh, could potentially own a backfield by himself in the NFL. I, I would say Swift, and I don't think Gibbs has quite that level of rushing ability. So I think that does ultimately hold him back a little bit, a little bit. Again, I'm not saying that I'm not that I I'm dropping like these. These were all things that we already knew about him before the draft this is not new information this is not uh, we just we're, we're just discovering this so i, I still really really like him and I, and I like that he does have a little more juice than some of these these recent guys that have come out with this profile but to say that they're it's all upside i think is ignoring that there's some risk and that i think he's almost more of a floor guy than a ceiling guy at this stage which again i think is fine
0: yeah yeah I would agree with that. Um, so the other the other interesting guy here, at, at least in, in my mind, is Devin Achain. Um third round. So he got that day two draft capital, 84th overall, goes to Miami. Miami is a team that doesn't really seem to care that much about the size at the running back position. I mean, they they Raheem Mostert was one of their was the, the leading rusher last year, I believe, or if he wasn't the leading rusher, he was, like, right there. Uh, he was a smaller – he's a smaller guy. Um, you know, they, they've had Chase Edmonds before. So, you know, they, they're they okay with a smaller guy, but they love speed, and Devin Ocine has that. You know, they are – really seem to be going all in on, on speed. I think this is literally the perfect landing spot that Devin Ocine could have had. This is – Uh, And we'll we'll get into that a little bit later here, but I I think this was the perfect marriage. I always had Devin Achin fairly high. Um, He was my RB five. He's now my RB three. Uh, And Zach Evans took a big tumble there. Um, And then he jumped. um, Charbs. He jumped your
1: boy.
0: Yes, he did jump. He did jump Charbs. Um, But. Yeah, so, I mean, I I love that landing spot for Devon Achein. I like Devin Achein this whole time, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on Devin Achein to Miami in the third round.
1: Uh, I think it doesn't really change my opinion of him at all to the extent that I think the limitations are still the limitations. Like, people are comping him to a guy like CJ2K, who weighed 15 more pounds? <laughs> this guy still yeah. does. Like this, this would truly just be like the outlier, outlier, outlier. It's not a guy that I feel really good betting on. I don't have him. I don't believe on a single C2C roster uh, across all of mine. Um, I just, I, I've never been a huge fan of his. I, I can, I recognize that there are interesting traits, and the speed is very enticing, but I uh, just. I'm just—I—I I can't get over the—the the weight. I can't. I can't do it.
0: I think that's a very fair concern, very valid concern. But I—he held up well in the SEC. Uh, you know, against some some quality teams, some quality defenders. He handled a pretty large workload. He was able to run between the tackles too. It's not like they were just using him as a scat back. I see him as like a scat back plus. That's kind of how I always saw him, you know, more of a change of pace guy, but a guy that you can also run between the tackles. You can use him at the goal line. It's probably not the best spot for him, but he does run well enough between the tackles that he, you could do that. And then putting him in that outside zone scheme in Miami. I mean, I, I think that that's where he's really going to shine. So I, I have Devin Occi in his ninth as my ninth overall player. I've him pretty high. Ninth overall player. Wow, interesting. In the rookie, ninth overall rookie. Yeah, yeah. I I, I assumed you weren't taking a one (laughs) hundred nine in the startup.
1: You've said crazy stuff before, so yeah.
0: No, 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 not 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 quite, not quite that high. But um, I I think the biggest thing for me is so my rookie rankings. I don't think are going to look like a lot of other people's out there. To be honest, Um, I don't really look at too many other people's rookie rankings, so I, I can't say that for sure. But. Yeah, I have him ninth. You know, I think there's a pretty clear top four for me. Bijan and the quarterbacks. Slight notch down, Jameer Gibbs. Then I have Achain Addison, Quentin Johnston lumped kind of together too. And then I think there's a pretty big drop off, to be honest. So I am going to swing on the on the talent and the landing spot on a guy that I liked, and I'm going to put him at nine.
1: I I love Devin Achain. Thank God I play in a lot of leagues with you, Colin. You're the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. Great league mate. I 10 out of 10, I would recommend to anybody if they're looking for a, a, an extra league mate to reach out to Colin. <laughs> Truly mean that. Um, two more people I want to touch
0: on here Is in the running back position. Mate? No, I'm so not gonna, You're going to let
1: me talk I'm, to you like
0: that? I am. I'm going to let that okay. go. I, I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. I okay. think I am a great league mate. You're not bad. I think I am a great, not for the reasons that you're saying, but you know, I think I am a great um, two other running backs. I just want to touch on quickly here. Roshan Johnson uh, going in the fourth round. I, I was never a big fan of Roshan to be honest. I think he's just kind of a big bruiser. He's going to do a lot of things that teams like like pass block and you know, he'll it, be, you could use him on special teams. He'll be a good locker room guy. But I've seen a lot of hype. I've seen some people hyping him up out there. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Can you explain the Roshan hype to me, or are you kind of in the same
1: boat as me too? I've always been a little lower on him. I think I tweeted out, you know, if you liked Roshan as a player, and again, I'm pretty lukewarm on him. I think he probably hangs out in the NFL for a little bit, but I'm not that high on him, uh, or you know, otherwise right now. Um I I don't know what's so bad about Chicago as a landing spot. And I said, I called, I called Cleo Herbert and Dante Foreman Jags. And some people had, um, some issue with my usage of that word. 80% of the running backs, in the NFL are Jags with yep. a small percentage of the, you know, 5% at the top of the bell curve, and then another 15% or whatever at the bottom. And then the rest is all Jag in the middle. I don't know that Herbert or Dante Foreman are guys that are truly game changing running backs for you. So, and I don't believe either is on a long-term contract. This is Herbert's third year in the league. He hasn't been resigned to my knowledge and Foreman. I don't, I, I think he's just on a one-year deal. I, I could be wrong there after he came over this off season. So if, if he's going to make it somewhere, then I think it's an excellent spot for him um, because there's just not a lot of high-end competition there for him. In terms of him being a, as a player, like I think he's fine. I think he can do a little bit of everything, but I don't. I don't see high end. I, I mean, he's one of those running backs that, like, if the situation's perfect, then I think he could go in there and and, and be a 1,200 yard guy, no problem. But I think there's again, 80 percent of the running backs in the NFL can probably do that if they have the opportunity. So I, I think he falls squarely in the middle of that category. I don't. I, he's not a fantasy quote unquote difference maker for me. I, I wouldn't call him that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think so either. I agree with you. I think that this is, as far as landing spots goes, this is solid uh, in terms of depth chart. I, I do think Khalil Herbert's a better player uh, overall than Roshan. For, I think he offers a higher ceiling for fantasy purposes, um, but he's not anybody that I would be scared of if I was a Roshan believer. But one of the other problems I have is you know, Justin Fields just almost broke the, the quarterback rushing record. Like we know Fields is going to run the ball. Like we saw that at the end of last year.
1: I mean, I think ideally he probably is running it less. You know, a little in bit. A perfect world. I I'm still very split. Like I still don't think he really wants to run. I think he just knew last year that it was inevitable <laughs> on pretty much any given play that he was probably going to have to take off. I think as he gets a few more players around him that he's a little more comfortable with and they they continue to improve that offensive line a little bit. I think uh, you start seeing him run a little less. I think in a perfect world, in his in his perfect world, he's running for three to five hundred yards a year, and that's that's fair. You know, he, he he's not running for a, a thousand plus. I I don't think that's a goal of his. He just has done it out of necessity. So I don't I don't know that I necessarily worry about him like I you some of us do with running backs who are with. Uh, mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily a long term strategy for Fields or the Bears. That's fair. I don't, yeah, I,
0: I agree with you. I don't think he wants to run, but I think they're going to have another year where he's probably going to have to run. Uh, last running back I want to talk about here before we move on to tight ends. Um, Zach Evans fell all the way to the sixth round. I was expecting him to be a day two guy. You know I know when we did our, our running backs ranking summit you know for for C2c I think we did it like last March or something like that one of the questions Felix asked was who out of this top group do you do you could you see falling past day two uh and I said you know Zach Evans but only because he's had some knucklehead tendencies
1: that's really the only reason that
0: I could see for him falling all the way to the
1: sixth he weighed a little light. I I don't. He was a little banged up this year. Again, I don't think there are long term injuries. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a couple reasons, but it does. I would have thought like the fourth round would kind of be his floor. Sixth round did surprise me quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think fourth round as a floor is is reasonable. I was still expecting like you know day two draft capital for him, but he does land in L.A., which I think is a really interesting landing spot. I I dropped Evans like for sure. Um, but I didn't drop him that far. It's kind of in the same boat with Boutte. Uh, I have Evans as um, my 20th rookie um, behind Bigsby and um, just ahead of Jalen Hyatt and um, Dalton Kincaid. I'm pretty low on Kincaid, but we can talk about that at tight ends. But uh, So I'm not all the way out on Evans. I think in terms of landing spots, LA is actually a pretty good one. It's Cam Akers, and that's really about it. We've seen Cam Akers run real hot and cold. So I I don't know. I don't think this is the worst situation for Evans. I'm not all the way out on him here either. But what are your thoughts on Evans?
1: Yeah, I think it's a decent spot for him overall. The only the spot was the only thing that kept him in my C200 because for anybody that doesn't know, I don't rank rookies and I don't rank NFL, oh. <laughs> NFL anymore at Uh I did once upon a time, so that's why for a while I made this uh, distinction on the show. And now it's just a meme. Uh, I I have him as my 199th player out of 200 on my list now. He he didn't quite drop out. I was tempted by the draft capital, but I do think in terms of landing spot, this is as good as any. Uh, again, this is an offense that I think like the Titans, we just could be going for a total bottom out here in a year or two. Yeah, Um, and that really wouldn't surprise me at all. They, I mean, look look at that roster. They have Cooper Cup, and then it's 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 kind of bleak. I mean, we don't know what Stafford's gonna look like. We don't know. They got rid of Allen Robinson, not like he was good for them last year anyway. Robert Woods has now been gone for a while. Odell's not there. Like these guys, they kind of cycled through as a helper, uh, wide, second or third wide receiver. They're all gone. The backs are Cam Akers, who has been injured, and what, Kyron Williams. I mean, it, it's a good spot for him. So I, I still have him ranked, but I think there's a lot of like, I don't know. I don't even know what his value would be today. Like if you were trying to trade him, like he is definitely a throw-in guy at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely think he's a throw-in
0: guy at this point. Um, but I'm willing to ask for him in a in a throw-in. To be honest, I mean, he's a guy that if I have a deal and I'm, you know, it's pretty close. Rather than asking for a third, um, I'll see if they'll throw in Evans instead. You know, and I think you could get that. Uh, so I did lie. I did want to touch on one last running back and it was super brief here, but sure. Dwayne, Mc, Dwayne McBride going to Minnesota actually is pretty intriguing to me given, you know, Dalvin cook. I think he's going to be in Minnesota for another year. I think he still has another year left in the tank. Although there have been rumors about him possibly being cut or traded. Uh, I'm not really the biggest Alexander Madison guy. So I think Dwayne McBride, could be pretty intriguing here and and cook has dealt with some injuries at times throughout his career um he's a guy that i'm i'm interested in late um you know we're talking like end of the third round uh like i have him as my 38th ranked rookie right now um so right at the beginning of the fourth um what are your
1: thoughts on dwayne mcbride's landing spot there You, you almost convinced me there i just don't know i don't i don't really like the talent Okay. I, he wasn't a top 10 back for me before the draft and then him falling that far kind of backed up my thoughts that he isn't that talented. So I, I'm not a huge fan of his. I, um I get the intrigue as a potential handcuff, but I don't, I don't know that he's again, the kind of guy that he, I think if something were to happen catastrophically and he's forced into a starting job, I think he would do an admirable job, uh, admirable job, but I don't, that would be like the DEFCON five, like higher, <laughs> lower numbers, worse, I don't, whatever the worst DEFCON is like, that would have to be the situation for a team to want to give him that level of responsibility and that amount of touches. So I'm not really too into him at this point. He's, I have, I have him on a roster too. Not, not a ton of different places. I think I probably actually cut him a place or two last off Cause he had that real stinker of a, of a yeah. year. Um, so I, he's fine.
0: He's the type of guy that, like I said, I'm going to take at the end in dynasty drafts. I'm going to take at the end of uh, the very beginning of the fourth round. Uh, I have him on a couple of rosters. So I'm holding him for, you know, for coming over from C2C. And if DEFCON five slash one, whatever the biggest one is hits and he gets on the field, I could see him being like an RB two for fantasy purposes. And then I think that's the time where you sell it. Um, but he's a guy that I'm holding. Just
1: mildly intrigued. Defcon one is the worst. So Defcon one that seems so counterintuitive to me. It does. But, uh, yes. Defcon one is the worst. So Defcon one would be the situation where the Vikings have to give significant touches to Dwayne McBride in 2023.
0: Okay. All right. We'll talk tight ends and we'll get you out of here. Uh, I know it's I'm past baby. your bedtime.
1: Yeah, I'm sleepy. I gotta put the trash out. Mm. Uh, Friday's trash day for you. Interesting. Friday morning. It's been. We talk about whatever on this show. Literally every <laughs> single place I've ever lived in my entire life has had trash like picked up fr- early Friday morning. It goes out Thursday. Really? Night. Yes. Literally every single place. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Where I lived, is- when I was in school, where I grew up, what, here huh. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, all, always Thursday night. Very bizarre. Um, ours is Tuesday here when we
0: lived downtown um, in Lancaster uh, was i pretty sure it was Thursdays and when I lived in Philly it was Thursdays
1: yeah so, Thursday seems to be a day I don't know i yeah I've gone to the point now where I just I'm like oh I guess every place does it on Thursdays like I we're looking to buy a house right now and it's like oh I, I'm assuming trash that on Thursdays you kind of <laughs> trash on Thursdays there I don't know well I know it's Tuesdays here
0: because the uh, Tuesdays are my in-office days and I always, always, always get stuck behind the garbage truck. And yes, I could leave earlier, but then I would sacrifice sleep. So I don't. It's just very frustrating. Uh, but speaking of garbage, tight ends. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, only one that goes in the first round. That surprised me a little bit given the medicals. Uh, there was reports that his team doctor was there that his doctor was the one who cleared him and was calling teams and said, Hey, he's clear. Um, So that was, I thought that that could cause him to drop uh, on better sports, on the better sports show that we do for um, campus to Canton does here, you know, check it out on the better sports YouTube page and the better sports app. That's a lot of great content over there. Uh, But I was on with Felix and one of my, uh, I guess it was bold. I think we called them bold predictions for the draft was that no tight ends would go in the first round. So it does kind of surprise me that Kincaid went in the first to Buffalo. Um, Sam Laporta, though, second tight end off the board, going uh, the third pick in the second round, 34th overall to Detroit. Michael Mayer right behind him, 35th overall to the Raiders. Luke Musgrave, 42nd overall to Green Bay. Luke Schoonmaker. 58th overall to Dallas. Brenton Strange, 61st overall at the end of the second round to Jacksonville. Tucker Craft, 78th overall in the third round. Also to Green Bay. Green Bay takes two tight ends on day two. And then your Pittsburgh Steelers taking Darnell Washington, 92nd overall in the third round there. He was another guy that was floated in the first round uh, at times. So we had a fair number of day two tight ends here which are are any of these guys interesting for you
1: yeah um sort of i tucker craft i think is the most interesting uh, him and mayor uh, of the day two guys i was on uh better sports network for days one and two of the draft and i was uh, on that's there why kind of you with us yes yes i was on there for the the full uh gamut more or less and we talked about the tight ends and I basically said, you know, I don't really like some of these guys. Like, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. But I think this year's tight end class is very much like a pick the role that you want your tight end to fill. And there's probably a guy that can do it. So I think for a guy like Kincaid that went first, I mean, the the Bills are basically just looking for a big slot receiver. And that's basically what Dalton Kincaid is at this point. Guy like Michael Mayer with a bit more of a well-rounded skill set. If you're looking for a tight end, that maybe is a little more of a downfield threat, I mean, that's what Luke Musgrave brings you. Uh, Brenton strange. just brings you a waste of draft capital there to the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars. That was uh second stupidest pick in the draft uh, only to uh, Sean Clifford. I know it is both. It seems biased because they're both Penn state guys, but those are just objectively horrible, horrible, horrific picks. Um, but I think, you know, and Kraft is kind of a little bit of an all-arounder too, but I think his all-around leans a little more toward receiving and a little less toward toward the blocking talent. So I think overall, it's tough for me to necessarily evaluate, you know, say like this was a good pick. This was a bad pick outside of Strange because I think he's just not a day two football player by any stretch. No. Nope. Uh, but I I just think like for all the talk about how deep this tight end cl- uh, class was, teams just seemed willing to really reach on some of these guys. Like again, I'm not gonna say Schoonmaker was a bad pick, but I think the the two five eight is is really not very good value for him when 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 Tucker Craft is still on the board over a round later. You know, uh, Darnell Washington. I know that basically the reason he fell was the foot, and I've been very anti Darnell Washington as like a first round guy. But as a back end of the third round guy to a team that already has a pass catching tight end and wants him to kind of play more of a blocking role, like, hell yeah. Like, that's that's that was excellent. A, that was a good that's, pick. I, that's excellent. It's a purple planning spot for him, uh, not for fantasy, but I wasn't expecting anything there anyway. Uh, I actually am like moderately happy. I think the Steelers can run a lot more 12 personnel now, uh, with, with him there with with Firemuth. You can kind of do with Firemuth what the Bills probably want to do with Dalton Kincaid. So Overall, I, I think that there were some real serious reaches with the tight ends, um, but you know what are you gonna do? I I, I just Brenton Strange at two six. I'm sorry, it's so bad, it's so bad. You're a tight, you're a Penn State fan. I mean, I it's, am. It's, it's and it is a bad. It's an it's so objectively
0: bad.
1: objectively bad
0: pick. I mean, I think if Theo Johnson goes at the 61st overall pick next year. I think that's probably a bad pick, too, but I at least understand it a little bit more because he's more athletic. He's a receiver. Theo Johnson's the other Penn State tight end. Um, I I would understand that a little bit more, but that would even be a reach. Brenton Strange belongs, is not as good as Theo Johnson, does not belong in the second round, does not belong in the third round. I think he's more like a fourth, fifth round guy as, as an absolute ceiling.
1: Um, I mean think about some of the guys that were there at the end of the second round that you could have dipped into. Yeah. I mean there there were still plenty of intriguing players yeah. left on the board. Um so uh, yeah, I I I don't really get that pick at all. I, I will How about my Steelers draft, man? This is the first year that I can really remember where like universally everyone freaking loves this draft. This means it's going to suck probably. All these guys are going to be crap. But no, I I loved every single pick. Yeah, it was, I, I watched the draft with Kels and she I'm usually sitting there having a fit. About who the Steelers are taking and she said, oh, like you seem to really like like who the Steelers are taking this year. And I was like, yeah, like and she's like, they usually really piss you off. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And she was like, you always have the things that you think they should take and then they never take those positions. But they, you say you always say you like the player, but you think they could have gone a different direction. And I was like, <laughs>
0: your um, wife yeah, knows you that was,
1: that was good She, but but i think this year was the perfect blend of they took you know an offense uh, an upside offensive tackle in the first round i, I like joey porter jr where he fell yeah. i really like keanu benton uh, darnell washington there erbig in the fourth like it just it was it was it was banger after banger i'm i'm really excited for this year's draft
0: yeah i think it was a really good draft uh, just one last note on the steelers here improving that offensive line a little bit with jones Getting Darnell Washington blocking tight end, maybe run a little more twelve personnel. Are we looking at maybe a Najee
1: resurgence? Be interesting. I mean, he I was did thinking have a about injury that last year, so so he'll, you know, hypothetically be healthy. Um, I think the offense, yeah, the bum is going to be that they brought back Matt Canada. If they had a new offensive right. coordinator, like even if it was some guy I'd never heard of ever, I'd at least be like the unknown cool with all these new <laughs> these pieces that, but I, i'm ready for it i am a little worried it's still gonna just be vanilla and gross but my fingers are crossed
0: okay yeah i was thinking about that today even pre-show like i think Naji's a guy that i might want to buy
1: i think Naji's still really interesting again i'm not buying um Running backs, really, at this point in the year, for right. obvious reasons that I've discussed ad nauseum across a host of shows. Uh, but yeah, I think he's really intriguing. And I think, and I said that I said this in our Discord months ago, and I, I called a homer. And I wasn't saying I'm going to go spend a high amount on him, but I think I said in January I think Kenny Pickett's a buy based on public perception. You can probably get him for like a two hundred one somewhere, or like a one twelve, like a back end first. And I got laughed at in the Discord. The only person that agreed with me was Nelly, Homer. which was trouble. Was trouble right away. Both homers. But I still th- agree with that take. I think he's mobile enough to get a few yards with his legs, and he. I, I think the offense will be improved this year. I don't. Again, I'm not expecting QB one play, but that's not what the price that you're spending on to to get him. That's fair.
0: Um, last note here on the tight ends, who is your tight end one in this class? Is it still mayor?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's still mayor. It's a pretty solid landing spot with the Raiders, uh, even yeah. if we don't necessarily know what the QB situation is going to be for sure. But I, I, I think Kincaid's interesting. I just think Kincaid is not a ton more upside with just a, a ton more risk with him yeah. with the back end. Um, all all of those kinds of things. The last tight end that came out and got drafted fairly high with a back injury, uh, had a decent career. Um, But uh, I don't know if Kincaid's going to be Rob Gronkowski or not. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say it. Um, Yeah.
0: I, I think talking through this, I think I was probably a little too low on Kincaid. I bumped him up. He's now my 17th uh, rated rookie 17th overall. I have mayor at 14. Um, So, I uh, I like Mayor more. I am coming around a little bit more on Kincaid. And then I have Lumporta, Laporta and um, Tucker Craft. So um, I, I just think Tucker Craft is more intriguing. But yeah. Um, all right. That is going to do it for us here tonight, though. I said I'd get you out of here. I held you a little bit late. I apologize. Apologize to your next teacher. You me. don't feel bad. You don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. I can tell Looking like at your face. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Um, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. Last note, uh, be sure to head over to Campus to Canton, and check out the Debbie guide. If you want our thoughts on next year's potential rookie class, go check out the Debbie guide last year. So we have my guys in the Devi guide, somebody that we're, Pounding the table for, we think that everybody else is too low on him. We need him to be higher. Your guy last year was Jaden Reed. That looks like a great call this year. Um, Charbonnet, Achain were two of my guys. I don't think I used the my guy badge on them last year, but I was pretty high on them. You know, I think we did pretty well with this rookie class. So check out that Debbie guide if you want next year. It's twenty dollars over at the site. If you're an NIL yearly member, it's free if you are a scholarship yearly or a grandfather tier member, uh, you do get one free guide of choice and you can use it on this one. If you have not used it already, um, check out the other podcasts on the network for you. Future freshman is back. So uh, that should be hitting your feed here. Should be right there for you to listen to right after you're done listening to this one. So check that one out. The official should be dropping there on Saturdays. And then we got, uh, Chasing the Natty on Mondays, Campus Life on Tuesdays, Back to Debbie on Wednesdays, and Debbie Debate on Thursdays. That's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm
1: Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good (laughs) one.